This episode of Little Bit of Life podcast is sponsored by Chill Boys. With a passion for all things cool, calm, and relaxed, Chill Boys offers incredibly comfy men's boxers, boxer briefs, t-shirts, hoodies, long johns, and socks. They source the very best fabrics to ensure super soft, cool, and breathable performance. Chill Boys is a men's clothing brand, but women also love wearing their boxers for comfy sleep shorts and for lounging. I mean, who has not gone into their man's drawer, pulled out a t-shirt, a hoodie, and just wanted to be comfortable? I found this company and I ordered these immediately for my boyfriend that works in that blue collar construction work. And guess what? Let's be real. After 10, 12, 13, 14 hour days on your feet, men want something that is calm and relaxed and cool and breathable. Make sure you order today at www.chillboys.com or check out all of their inventory on their Instagram at chillboys. Make sure you order today. Welcome to Little Bit of Life Podcast. I'm your host, Tabitha, better known as Little on social media. A lot of you may know me from social media, but Little is shown off the apps. This podcast is dedicated to having the real, raw, and occasional chats on topics of what we seem to think but don't say. Special guests will join in that have impacted me along the way. Very little is left off limits. Enjoy on your favorite streaming platform, watch live videos of interviews on YouTube, and let's dive into some topics together. Hey guys, I'm super excited to have a very special guest on today's episode. It is Matthew Vincent. He is an athlete and he's also the owner of a new apparel brand called Not Dead Yet. He's the former Highland Games world champion and now his life just looks a little bit different. He's teaching others how to access their best self. Make sure you strap in for this episode because we are going to talk about how there is no excuses in life, zero tolerance, and guess what? We are not dead yet. Make sure you are ready for this episode because he is ready to put all of us in our place. Hey guys, welcome in another episode, a little bit of Life Podcast with your host, Little, everything that we seem to think but don't say. When we obviously talk about this topic, who better to have on than the one, the only, Matt Vincent. How are you, sir? How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm managing uh, managing a morning, kind of yeah. getting into it, right? What is it? Uh, 11 o'clock. So I've got... <laughs> About five and a half hours under my belt and and on with the day. Yep. Same, same. When listeners are um, popping into this and they're like, I don't know who this person is. Um, I think you need to go do some research and check yourself um, because if you don't know who Matt Vincent is, that's your first problem of the day. Um, but for those who don't know, you pretty much are the one, the only, the badass, the guru. You've been a Highland champion. You're an author. You're a businessman. You're a, you're a brand. I mean, you're everything kind of wrapped into one. So the big question is, how do you do it? How do you keep yourself accountable and like on a linear line of just not losing your mind on a day-to-day basis? I, I lose my mind on a, on most things. <laughs> um, it's fucking, it's not clear at all. Uh, I'm a lunatic. That's why I do all this shit. Um, I've essentially just, you know, fully embraced and accepted the ADD part of me that needs a couple different things to focus on. Mm-hmm. And figuring out how to be efficient at doing a couple things well because i know the singular focus thing really doesn't operate great for me Mm -hmm. so i need different goals at all the time like i need physical stuff i need business stuff i need to know that i'm making progress on relationship stuff and the big thing i've tried to do is i just want to be really intentional with my time and not just waste it 
Mm-hmm. Doing I think things I want to do, right? Yeah, I think with saying everything, that's what all the things and all the things that you've accomplished, but it's not who you are. And I think especially now in society, you know, everyone goes into these podcasts and we always say this long bio about somebody. And and I don't do that because I like people to get to know you based on what comes out of your mouth and kind of your vibe and, and, you know, just getting to know you. And I think with society, we're so structured in this mindset, living in this box of what what are you doing to make yourself a better person? It's like, no, it should be the opposite. Like what kind of a person are you creating yourself to be and then accomplishing from that? I think we're kind of in that reverse flip side with that. Well, I think you can get caught up, right? That like, I think until you build some self-awareness and take the accountability that your life can be what you want it to be. And that can be defined now. Mm-hmm. Until that there's a moment where you take that ownership and take that responsibility for your life, we are kind of simply just reacting to yesterday's things and the experiences we've had before and what we've learned and what programming came in from either, you know, where we grew up, the families we were in, what their programming was and all these things. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that just leads you on to the next decision, which can feel like purpose until you continue down that road path far enough and realize, well, none of this matters to me. But if you're not willing to take some moment and figure out who you are and what does matter to you, then it's really hard to pick a direction to go. Mm-hmm. So you end up following more of what other people said makes people feel good. Not exploring yourself without judgment to know what it is that makes you tick. Mm-hmm. That's true. And if you're not going to take the action toward it, like it's from shifting from that moment to then deciding instead of my entire life being reactionary about the things that have happened to me or what I've already done leading today's choice of actions, I'm putting new sites in front of me and I'm taking actions to be that, mm-hmm. you know, and if it's, let's say, you know, that goal for me is to be whatever my highest self is, whatever my best version of me is. And that guy's healthy and that guy's disciplined and that guy can manage problems and he can handle stress and he's also capable of traveling and he's empathetic and he's all these things. And so I have to take actions to do those things every day. And that's the only way I get to be him to Mm -hmm. be my best. Mm -hmm. Being the, with your history, two time Highland game world champion. When we talk about sports and, you know, I was very involved in sports my entire life especially as an athlete, we know there's an end. We know there's going to be an end to that kind of escapade that we're traveling on. But especially with your situation, it's really hard to swallow when it ends with an injury. It's almost like your body is not done yet, but it's just giving out. You had a knee replacement, you had an injury. So how does that affect, because we talk about on this podcast a lot, how did that affect your mental health? Because that's kind of all you knew at that moment. And you had to flip into becoming a better version of yourself in a different direction. You know, I, I really thought I had my shit together around it. Uh, yeah, like I knew, you know, historically speaking, right, that like there comes an end point to sports. You know, mm-hmm. high school football ended because there's a time on it. And then, you know, college track and field ended because well, you can't do that after you're out of college, right? There is mm-hmm. something else deciding when the line stopped. And with sport like Highland Games, once I got into kind of as an adult and found a thing I loved and really fell in love with everything it gave me back. It came to an end Mm -hmm. and all things do. 
And so it got into a really dark spot and it wasn't because the Highland games ended and it wasn't until deeper reflection, right? Of like, what did I really love about it? It wasn't being the best in the world and fucking winning a world championship. That's a day, you know, that's a day, that's a moment. But what I got was this great sense of community from people that I had traveled the world with who, who understood this giant aspect of my life that other people can't. Mm-hmm. Not just the Highland Games thing, but it's such a unique sport that there's not a ton of people who do it. And because of that, there's really only, you know, at that time, there's probably 15 of us that are any good in the world at the world level. There's plenty of people competing in the sport, but at the world level, you see the same 15 dudes every weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and those guys, like those are the brothers, like those are the guys that get it. Like none of us are training in a big community gym. We don't have 20 people we see every day. All of us are training in garages by ourselves, throwing in a field by ourselves. And so these are those times that we got to be around our tribe and got to be in our community of people that I don't have to explain my fucking insanity to. They just get just, it. <laughs> they fucking get it. In fact, they get it so much we don't even have to bother with it. Mm-hmm. We all just know we have that thing. Mm-hmm. And when that ended, I realized how much I missed that. And because the sports thing ended, I had convinced myself that, well, it wasn't just that sports ended, right? It was the injury and it was being hurt and really laid up and um, to where, you know, I really couldn't walk more than a couple hundred yards a day without really shitty chronic pain. So going from being best in the world at a thing to that took away a lot of ability. I've Mm -hmm. never been in a place where my body didn't cooperate anymore. Um, Because, you know, my head never got hurt. Right. It knows how to throw. It knows how to do all the things. It just doesn't understand why it can't make this thing work. And it has real, it, you know, it's not a mental barrier. It just now has different limitations. Mm-hmm. And so deciding to figure those out and work with them instead of being and pissing and moaning about them has been a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I miss those parts of the sport, right? Like the, the things I really missed about the sport when I got really reflective of it was I missed having a thing that I gave a shit to get better at every day. That was one, you know, I missed the community I had with that sense of brothers, those people. And, you know, including my literal brother who competed in the sport. Mm -hmm. Um, I missed what I didn't, there were some other ones that like through further, you know, exploit, you know, or, or diving into it reflection, um, that I missed, I didn't realize I was missing. And one was I spent you know, you know, probably 90 minutes a day in the garage by myself lifting, which ends up being more meditation time. It ends up being that still time that I get to just process and think mm-hmm. where I'm not reactive all day. I'm just in it. And then being outside for 90 minutes, four days a week throwing like, holy shit, side effect of being outside for 90 minutes, four days a week doing a physical thing, right? Like it doesn't even matter that throwing's the thing that if I'll just go outside for 90 minutes every couple of days, like life's better. Mm-hmm. We have all the statistics to prove that. Mm-hmm. You know, I found a lot of those as a side effect to the thing that I was passionate about, but 
now being able to get on this side of it and kind of extrapolate back to what was the key things that I was getting from it and pushing, making sure that I still keep those in my life and letting, making sure that, you know, my pursuit of growing my business or brand or any of this doesn't lock me into a room. I didn't start my own business to be locked in a fucking room <laughs> despite somehow I'll do it right. Despite that, I still will get in my own fucking way and forget that that's a problem that like, God damn it, man, the freedom we wanted for starting our own thing wasn't to, to reward it with more work. Mm-hmm. Like it was to reward yourself with free time to be outside on your mountain bike, to go and adventure and explore and travel the world and see things from these crazy different perspectives. And share that story. The story is the big one, not where we are. I think listening to you as an athlete, you were kind of in that that gray area of uh, this is all I've known. This is what I've worked for for so long. And like you said, when you're in that training moment, it's that ability to check out. You don't even realize you're checking out from life in the real world, but it life just kind of takes a pause. It takes a backseat for that 90 minutes. And then when you don't have that structure and that routine and that responsibility to push yourself further, you kind of have to find that niche of like, well, shit, now what actually pushes me forward? Like, who am I? What can I provide to this world? And I know that you did a lot of working in corporate America, working in that box. And I think it's really admirable because society wants us to stick in a box. They want, you know, the The, white picket fence. The capitalism machine works really fucking well. (laughs) A bunch of us going to work as as worker bees and be drones. Like that's, Mm -hmm. it it needs it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why our education system is built up on not creating problematic thinkers and people who want to try new shit. It is about falling in fucking line and listening to what the authority tells you to do. Yep. (laughs) Create that workspace. Like we're, we're trained the whole fucking way for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're giving us that fear on the other side of, well, if you choose to get out of, you know, this corporate America of the safety, you know, you could fail. Well, what's the big deal of failing? I mean, everybody's going to fail at something like you got to go out and give it a shot. What the fuck's (laughs) the safety we're talking about? (laughs) That vacation. We've watched people people lose their fucking jobs over the last two years who were safe. Mm -hmm. I mean, what is it? Jim Carrey's dad has that line. We are, or Jim Carrey's talking about it, about his dad. And like that big realization he had was his dad was this really funny guy that wanted to be a comedian or do any of this shit and ended up becoming an accountant to, to play it safe, worked Mm -hmm. for this company for, you know, 35 years and they fucking let him go because you're a number on a spreadsheet because that's how the machine runs. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's one thing, to fail in life whenever you're chasing your dreams. It's another one to fail when you took the safe route. Yeah. So what the fuck's the risk? Exactly. Because if I can, if I can take a shot at this, right. And I can figure out how to make a living for myself and I can figure out the really important parts of it. Cause it's not like what my content looks like or any of the posting or any of this other bullshit. Like the big lessons are creating fucking value and showing up consistently. Mm -hmm. I can work anywhere. I can always figure out a way to provide those two things. Mm -hmm. So why do I want to sell my life for the other thing? For is it, for is it to chase the bigger house? Is it to chase the other cars? Is it to chase this other bullshit that I'm not spending time and using anyway, because I'm, 
at the corporate job doing the thing like that seems fucking dumb to me man i've my favorite memories don't involve the fanciest shit mm -hmm. so why do i continually keep thinking playing that game is going to be the way that makes me feel the best yeah it's the rat race of well if you work really hard once a year you can have a great vacation to the well, same why can't... place with the same people to do the same shit right like just <laughs> live your life and and follow your follow your dreams and yeah if you fail you fail but it's it's not even a failure it's a lesson everything is a lesson in life i think also when it comes to removing yourself from corporate america and what everybody thinks you should be in that box so many people look at that with jealousy and then they come up with excuses. Excuses are like assholes. We all have one, but it's, oh, well, this person is more successful than me because no, there's no, because they grind, they work hard, they hustle because they want it that bad. There's that desire and passion. And I think with no, social media, it's like that content you're talking about. Oh, well, they have more than me. Quit the excuses and go hustle and work your ass off and see what you can get in the mindset that somebody else has. Like you said, it starts with mindset. Well, I mean that right there, right? Like that comparison model of going into scarcity for whatever it is, is already such a fucking benchmark of drawing yourself to failure. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. There's always someone up the ladder. There's someone up the ladder whose life that you're going to look at and think, wouldn't that be fucking nice? And so playing that game isn't how to get out of that. Looking at people who are successful and being able to just look at that from the perspective of, holy shit, that's possible. That's the way to go about it. Mm -hmm. But like, like, you know, you're saying, you know, that they did hustle. Also, some people fucking didn't. True. <laughs> some people fucking didn't, dude. There's people that it's worked out for whatever the fucking reason. Mm -hmm. And good for them. You know, yeah. I mean, super bitching, right? Like. I've had times that it worked out for me that it didn't work out for everyone else. Like the fact that I was born to two parents who fucking loved me in 1983 <laughs> in America. I didn't have shit to do with that. It's been pretty fucking great since. Mm -hmm. I haven't really done anything amazing with my life. I've got to see a lot of stuff and pursue a really fucking adventurous living because of some of that that I got pre-installed with. Privilege. Luxury at birth. Mm -hmm. You know, my parents is a kindergarten teacher and a guy that works in a refinery like <laughs> we weren't rich but i've never been hungry mm -hmm. and i've seen life that's otherwise but we're used to what we're used to and if you don't shift that perspective and change it and be able to frame it the way you want to frame it you'll continue to get owned by it and that'll keep predicting the next moves you make mm -hmm. instead of you being the one in control and saying i'm doing this because it fucking matters to me I think that's the key because it matters to me. I think we're living in a society. We want to, we want to impress everyone else and then make ourselves proud last. It's a huge problem. I mean, so many people are comparing their lives of, well, this part, quit worrying about what's in your neighbor's bowl. Look at what's in yours. What are you serving yourself? What are you feeding and fueling yourself with? Not your neighbor, not anybody else. And I think that that's such a huge problem, especially, I mean, there's a video you have on social media with your cell phone where you're stating, this is a tool. Like, are you using it as a tool or using, you're using it for failure? And that was huge. I shared it on all my social media. And I mean, it's interesting. I always do polls and it's not because I'm looking to create a number. I want people to start thinking. And it's like, what are you using all of your experiences as a tool? Are you learning? Or are you just going to stay in that rut of bullshit of, yeah, well, this is just what life handed me. 
Again, or, excuses. Or is it simply just Polaroid photos to fucking say you did a thing mm-hmm. for other people to witness? It's fucking really weird. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you just went to Africa. Let's touch on that. What an what yeah. an amazing experience! <laughs> like you know, we were setting this up. You're like, yeah, I'm heading to Africa. I'm like, wow. Like to to flip completely what our privileges are here in the United States to go over and have an eye opening experience. But you literally took in every opportunity to its full advantage in the most simple ways over there. Um. It, it, it's an incredible, incredible trip. Uh, I'm still processing a lot of it and kind of mm-hmm. where I fall on it. There's this big portion of me that has shifted a lot of gratitude and realized how wonderfully luxurious my fucking entire life is and that any stress and problems I have in my life I've created mm-hmm. and they're all luxurious problems and stress to have. <laughs> uh, there's part of that, right? There's also some part of me that I haven't quite figured out yet that is really annoyed Hmm. that, oh, you went to Africa and had a giant life-changing experience. Is that what you did? Fucking 39-year-old midlife crisis? No shit. (laughs) Like you have fucking really eye-opening perspectives because you got to see this different way the world lives? No shit. Mm -hmm. And there's some part of me that's just like, fuck. Just annoyed at how predictable all that is. But it doesn't change, right? Like the perspective of it, like the shift of it that that I do feel. And taking note of some of the stuff that I saw to be the most important. One of those was one of the nights we were there, I had an all-time highlight experience of probably anything I've ever done as far as just a moment to fucking burn in as deep into my memory as I can so that I can access every feeling of it when I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that day we had just done a celebration for a, a water well that Fight for the Forgotten, my friend Justin Wren's charity, had uh, had put in in this area in western Uganda. And so, like, we're in western Uganda. Like, to give you, like, we're flying to Uganda is not easy to get to. And you fly into Entebbe or Kampala, which are, like, their cities. And their cities are chaos. It looks everything like you think Africa does. There's motorcycles everywhere. It's dirty. It's a bit, the traffic rules are a bit of the bigger vehicle is in the wind. (laughs) 99% of the time. And, I mean... It's just not here. You can immediately see that all the rules are different and everything's whatever we've decided as acceptable living does not apply to here. It's a completely different world. And then we're leaving on a small plane that like six sits like six people and we're flying to Western Uganda and like landing on dirt runways. So if that's the city, mm-hmm. we're heading out to the country. And so, like, realizing that I'm in a place that, like, there's not, like, emergency services. It's not like if you had a problem, you call 911 and someone shows up to help. They don't have a 911 number. Yeah, you're stuck. There isn't, <laughs> yeah, there isn't a thing to call for help. Mm-hmm. It's self-reliant. You know, and most of the people that we're around, especially in this area in Karambi, this is probably a community of a thousand people that this water well will service. So... 
Justin and I, as, as part of the trip and part of the content we were filming for Fight for the Forgotten, decided we were going to take on doing the water walk and doing kind of the worst case scenario of it, of this guy, Michael, you know, his, what his life looks like. Michael's 26, man. He's college degree, speaks a few languages, sharp, beautiful wife, couple kids, and they live in a mud brick hut that's smaller than my podcast studio. Mm -hmm. They don't have electricity. They don't have running water. They cook outside on firewood every night in a small thatch lean to and so we did what the worst case scenario of michael's walk is which would be like checking the first three spots and if there's not water we have to go to the fourth spot and then where there's always water at the fourth spot but if the first three have it you'd always go there it's closer mm -hmm. and so we set off on that track and carrying two jugs and i mean this is justin wren and i justin's a ufc fighter another big world class athlete was a national champion wrestler and i'm I'm me. I I've done some physical hard things. <laughs> and, um, I mean, part of this was like scaling up a fucking rock waterfall to see if the next spot have it. Like they have people that slip and fall. They have people die. They have people get injured a couple times a year mm -hmm. here. So we check all those spots. We make it down to the bottom round trip. This thing ends up taking like four and a half hours and I'm smoked. Like we're probably, between two and 3,000 feet of eleva elevation gain during it. And, uh, like, I can't carry the two jugs back. Can't do it. Um, so we end up splitting them amongst the team, which is, like, Michael and another guy with us, and then my camera guy, and then we had two security guys with us from the military, which I'm not sure why they're there, but they're there. <laughs> well, I know why they're there, because sometimes rebels come over from the Congo and fucking murder villages of people because that happened two months ago, less than 10 miles from where we are. Mm -hmm. That's a part of reality. I don't fucking have to deal with today. There isn't any part of my stress today. That is what if rebels show up in St. Louis and fucking murder us. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're simply getting water. Um, we get back and we're completely, completely shot, completely trashed from it. And, uh, Yo, that's Michael's life up until two weeks ago that he gets up at 3 a.m. and he does that thing. That water walk would physically kill 60% of the people in my country. They, the answer is they physically cannot do it. They would die. They eventually would lose water and they would die. I think it's teaching us not to take the little things for granted of us just going to our refrigerator. I mean, let's be real here in the United States. We're lazy. There's people who don't even want to get up from the couch to go to the refrigerator to get something to drink. They send some, they send their spouse or their child or, you know, Oh, can you do this for me? I mean, it's crazy yeah. to me. I have an episode coming up. There's um, a young man who's walking four miles plus just to go to college in Africa. And he listens to this podcast and he's like, I have a small, you know, I use a computer. I'm the first one in my entire family for like six generations to go to school. You know, I'm, I'm listening to your podcast to hear and learn about the United States. And I'm like, I don't really know if you want to learn about here because let's be real. There's a lot of, there's a lot of shit going on, but it's, it, it really brings into perspective of, you know, I have to walk four miles every day just to go to school because I want to be better. And then I look at, you know, kids here in the United States, I'm like, man, we are so lazy and we don't even realize what we have to our advantage to use on a day-to-day -day basis. Electricity, like you said, water, education, friends, community, like everything. We have everything at our fingertips in a matter of a second. Well, 
And, and that's where I ended up falling one one of the nights that we were there, right? Is So, I mean, this is what reality is in that life. It's fucking hard. Mm-hmm. And Michael and his family's life has changed incredibly because of the work Justin and Fight for the Forgotten have done in putting in this single well, not to mention the couple under 100 that they put in throughout Uganda and the Congo. But Michael now only has to walk like 400 meters once a day which is still more than most people fucking even walk mm-hmm. to, to get steps in for fuck's sake. You know how weird <laughs> it is that life's so good. We have to remind people to fucking go walk mm-hmm. and look, people don't know because they don't know. And it really sucks to not be aware of it, but we're starting to have such big deteriorations in mental health and everything else within our culture because we're not taking action that we're ending up operating so much of our time digitally and so much of our time just internally and not connected to our body. I wish that we could get away from this idea of mental health, physical health and emotional health being different things and just fucking talk about health mm-hmm. is that the others can play into it. It depends on how you're going about your intention of what you want to accomplish. And, you know, back, back to being in Africa was, that night after the, you know, we celebrated handing over rights to the water well, I'm staying uh, in Karambi with the Batwa community there and uh, where Justin has, they built like 50 acres and given homes to these people. Um, and like the homes are very simple. They're probably like a 10 by 30 concrete brick structure, metal roof, concrete floor. There's no furniture. There's three 10 by 10 rooms that are concrete. Uh, the windows are metal windows with shutters and a big metal locking door. It is the closest I've ever been to being in a prison cell Hmm. in my life. And I've got a mattress and a bed and a mosquito net. (laughs) That's important. (laughs) And I'm living as I'm living more luxurious than any of the other people staying there because they're all living 10 to a house. Because that's what their families are. Mm-hmm. Right? The fact that I'm there in my own room is crazy. But laying there one night after the water well celebration, like I'm trashed from doing this hike and everything. And so I'm happily just laying in bed. But all I can hear throughout this community is them just celebrating and dancing and happy. Genuinely happy. And it wasn't just because of this celebration. They did it like three or four nights that we were there. They just partied and it wasn't with us for a show. And they're just outside with each other, making up songs and dancing and singing and being, there was so much, the air was so thick with love and community. I'm just blown away by it because I can't ever describe any of these people I met as unhappy. And that's a really fucking stark contrast to I think most people I meet in the U.S. aren't happy. Mm-hmm. They're not happy in their life. They don't feel like they have enough. They haven't strived. They haven't done whatever it is. And realizing what a horseshit thing that is. That happiness is the choice, too, of realizing the things that provide happiness globally. And that's community. That's a sense of being. It's even because their life is so hard and they don't have like the opportunity of self-actualization that we have right like they're much lower on maslow's hierarchy of needs but everyone has fucking purpose every day 
-hmm. We have to decide our purpose. We're at a different place in the evolution. And we've just only been here for like two generations, three generations of people at best. You know, we don't know what we're fucking doing. We have no idea how to manage the mindset that fucking handles not having to do shit. You know, understanding that like, holy fuck, well, I, my whole body thing was supposed to take care of itself because I was out hunting food and doing all this other shit all day. <laughs> but now that I don't have to do that, I still have to go use my fucking body and do shit all day. Otherwise, I feel shitty. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I get sick. Otherwise, my body's not protected from stuff. Otherwise, I don't feel strong. I can't move my skeleton around. I get more stationary. Like, our body will just adapt to whatever the stimulus you give it. And you got to choose to do those things. It's a choice. That's key. It's a choice. And I think so many people are lazy and think, you know, especially, I love how you said mental health, physical health, everything goes into one. It's We're all same. in one body. It's the same thing. And so I feel like everybody wants the perfect pill, the, the easy fix that, you know, oh, let me take, I mean, I worked in medical for so long and, you know, I'm out of it now, obviously. And I think there's a fit and a right fit for everything and everybody. Um, but when it comes to, you know, the quick fix, the perfect pill, the, the quick diet, the quick fat, I mean, everybody now is, I want it, but I want it in this instant. I don't want to work at it. I don't want to try at it. And then like with you stating, you know, they, they have a purpose, they have a reason. And with us, it's like, well, what do I want to do today? No, it's you have a day. And I love how you wake up early. I mean, I was raised in a very military blue line family, blue collar workers of, you know, if, if your neighbor is up before you, you're already failing. You're already behind. Get up, get moving. Like you said, do something physical with your body. That's not just walking to the fridge to go get an energy drink. I mean, you have to take care of yourself. And you mentioned on a, on a podcast I listened to on bear performance, and you're talking about the last two generations of your family. It yeah. is amazing because you stated in there that no one has made it over the age of 70. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, so that, that kind of has been big shifts that have happened in my life have come from that full accountability and awareness that I'm fucking dying. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that, that's one of those things that most people, the end of sports or the end of the thing or the end of the chapter, that's, that's something other people deal with. It's not you. And the same with death, but fuck that. I don't look at it that way. Like I fully embrace the memento mori. I fully embrace that I am going to die. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, the only thing I can change today and in the moments between now and my death or how that guy gets to look back on the story. That's what I get to choose to write every single day. And decide what is the life that turns him on? What is the life that I'm the most proud of living? What do I want to be? What do I want to do? What do I want to experience? And being able to try to figure out how to make that happen. Because mm -hmm. there's an infinite number of possibilities and an infinite number of ways. But until you start experimenting and start trying stuff you don't know what hits a lot of those buttons for you and man the idea of like i don't read business guy books 
Like I, I try to sometimes because I think there's supposed to be smart shit in them to help me make more money, but that's it. Like the stuff I'm into is, is fucking adventure and self-awareness and people fucking exploring, exploring, whether it's themselves or big questions or why. Mm -hmm. And so don't pretend the other one fills my bucket. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's that one I want to be around. And I know that that resonates with other people. Like, I know that people fucking take this route because we're supposed to, you know, and for me, you know, my dad died at 62. Um, you know, I lost both uncles to maybe right around 70 and my grandparents, I don't think lived much older, you know, right around that same spot. Right. And like, none of these people fucking took care of themselves physically. I wouldn't say they're the absolute worst, right? Like none of, none of my family's on my 600 pound life, but no one's taking care of themselves. They're somewhere in between, right? Between healthy mm -hmm. and that, but you know, dad developed type two diabetes and dad drank a lot and dad didn't take care of himself. I would say probably after high school football, my dad never got his heart rate up on purpose. Huh. Like for the sake of being like, this will be good for me. <laughs> like maybe a, an, a, an incident occurred right right but there was never for the sake of like you know zone two cardio every fucking day helps blah 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 like some fucking weird thing i operate with like never has registered mm. and so like i kind of look at that as not taking care of yourself especially based on information i have that i can't choose to not know the information i know mm -hmm. i can ignore it but then that just makes me kind of a dick yeah. And so I don't know how long I get to fucking live. Like, that's the other thing. Like, I'm not banking on 80, man. I don't have any proof of, of that working out well for <laughs> my lineage. And so when my dad passed away, he died of pancreatic cancer at, uh, at 62. And he passed away on April 5th, the day before my birthday. Mm. I turned 31 the following day. And at that point in my life, I'm working an outside sales job, doing the corporate thing. I'm traveling and competing. That's, you know, 2014. I had, uh, I won my second world championship later that year. Uh, you know, big fuel by that of that's out of my control and realizing that so many things in life are going to be because fuck man, you can just get sick. You can just get a fucking tumor. You can just get hit by a bus. All of it. And right. I'm not saying live my life like a total asshole. But you know what I mean? Like a total asshole is living like a grasshopper the whole time, right? Are you familiar with the grasshopper and <laughs> yeah. ant type thing? Cool. I, I never know how fucking old I am at this point anymore. It's really starting to kick in weird that like I'll bring a thing up and people are like, what? And I'm like, fuck. You're like, okay, I aged myself. My bad. Let me explain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. Let me take you back. <laughs> Books. Yep. We had these written texts <laughs> that we de we derived our stories from. Um, yep. But at looking at that, right, like the life I was living and how in tune was that toward what I really wanted and where I wanted to be and what I wanted to learn and experience and there was this other part that a few years later, like when the Highland games got ended in 2016 and I was hurt, oh, I could just see normalcy. Like all I saw was 
doing the corporate job and having a couple of weeks vacation and making enough money and fulfilling myself by buying more bullshit and going to the same places every year. And I know that I can't run the clock out doing that. Mm-hmm. That's me. If other people can, and they're stoked, I want it for them. Corporate America needs you people to do that job. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, like, yeah, I'm not turned on by it. Mm-hmm. And so it's a choice to pursue something I fucking that I love. What's the risk? I end up fucking dead either way. I'd rather take a shot at a bunch of things and try things. And cause as long as I'm not, you know, identified by those failures, I get to use those as the lessons I learned along the way of taking the experiments and, you know, experience on different things and deciding what did I learn from it to try the next one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went into entrepreneurship really early and failed with a bicycle shop right after college and then went into corporate America with the feelings of like, no fucking way will I ever work for me again. I proved that guy wrong. (laughs) So predicting the future anymore seems pretty useless to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hope I have no idea what I, what my life looks like at 50. I couldn't have imagined this one. And so why bother? It seems me trusting my intention and working really hard takes care of it. Mm-hmm. So sticking with more of that and trying to find more in tune ways to listen to that intention. But yeah, that's what it boiled down to with dad. Like that's, that's what it came down to, right? Like that was my halfway moment of life. And it's just continued to resonate of, you know, he passed away at 62. I turned 31. That's 1612 weeks to fucking do everything I want to in my life. Like all the great adventures and experiences and anything have to happen in the next 1,612 weeks. I'm 40 now. I'm 40 in, I don't know, two weeks. Mm -hmm. I've got 1,134 weeks to go. I'm way past halfway. Like I can't buy any more of that shit. And so why am I giving it away? Mine's too valuable. That's how I feel. My fucking time's too valuable. I like how you put your focus on yourself. Um, I don't think that we do that enough as human beings. I think we're automatically kind of pre-tuned of you take care of others around you, you take care of your family, you take care of your partners, I mean, everything, and then you come last. And I think it's something that when I did a poll and asked a bunch of people of if you worked in corporate America and it just wasn't your niche, it wasn't your thing, and you were not severely happy, you were in that rat race hamster wheel that you were never going to get out of it and you chose to follow a dream, it amazed me. 98% of the polls said it was a selfish choice. Selfish. Good. I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know what? <laughs> I'm not, ta- I'm not talking to those people. Yeah. Right. Like I already know those people and I don't fucking mesh. Mm-hmm. And, and if I'm selfish, cool. Yo, it's my fucking life. It's my time to spend here to do what I want to do and make the impact I want to have. I'm not obligated to fucking be part of it. I'm not obligated to play by the same rules as everyone else. I don't have to do the kids thing. I don't have to fucking have a 401k. I don't have to do these things. (laughs) I can fucking figure them out on my own. But that's what comes with the other side of it. Is fuck you, I'll figure it out. I always have. And I can continue to do it. And I damn well know I'm not that smart. I have a fairy tale made up degree from LSU, general studies, whatever the fuck that means. (laughs) What I have the ability to do is show up every single fucking day and do it. 
and not listen to that temporary voice that says, I'm tired. I don't give in to that one. I know the difference between what my bullshit ego is trying to tell me I want in the moment and what the id that is my driving force forward wants now and what we can continue to work toward because that's what brings me the big stuff. Mm-hmm. For, those, for those that are listening, but also check out, you know, obviously check out the YouTube because you can see <laughs> the brand that you're wearing. It's your brand. It's not dead mm-hmm. yet. I want to talk about that because going from an athlete and then feeling the sense of pride and this is, you know, a sense of accomplishment, you've kind of been all over, still kind of in that, you know, athletic field and community. How did you feel, you know, going, creating a brand of, you know, I'm not, I'm no longer that athlete. Cause I've heard you talk about it a couple of times of, I'm still not in the game, but I'm still the same person. Who's going to listen to like what I have to say or my advice when like now I'm not the athlete. And then Matt, I'm Matt who used to be the athlete. Right. You know, that a big part of that is trying to realize like, who, who am I again? Right. And like, who's the audience that I'm speaking to and what am I, you know, what am I searching for? You know, and perhaps I align differently than I did back then. Um, the same methodology of everything I did with starting the apparel brand that came from a couple books I wrote, uh, you know, the ideology behind it. That's what's, that's how I get shit done. Like I know how I know how, because I just don't accept that this was good enough. And I can continue to do that every day. Now I don't have to do that in a way that's mean to me. I can do that in a way of like, look, we're just going to give our best today based on the best information we have right now. Mm-hmm. That's it. And if I can stop every day and feel that that's something I got to do, then I'm still making progress on everything that I'm interested in. And so not dead yet, like chapters change and trying to hold on to the last one for the sake of being defined by it. I'm not interested. I'm not that fucking guy. I'm still here to fight. I'm still here to go forward. I'm still the one at the wheel. I'm not dead yet. There's going to be a time where I'm going to sit around and do nothing. And it's going to be most of eternity. (laughs) I only get to be alive for like another 30 years. Fuck. Like I'm not dead yet. Right? Like that's what it is. It's that fire to take action now. Stop waiting on this idea that I'm that I, I have banked up freedom of time waiting for me. Yo, what a fucking lie that is. The lie is that fear that safety now buys you that later, and that ain't how it fucking works. Mm-mm. You end up there out of shape. You end up there without any fucking skills. You end up there without any practice to understand or appreciate what you have. You didn't fucking. It's not the same. And that's what happens, right? Like you see that people go into awareness crisis at various points in their life. Most of the boomer generation did it after kids left the house, which becomes empty nest syndrome. We had fucking terms for it. It's because all of a sudden everyone's out of the house and you're not having to be mom or dad anymore. No one needs you to be mom and dad. And you have to figure out what it's like to fucking be you. Mm-hmm. It just came post kids. I ran into mine at 30. I ran into my moment of, holy shit, I get to choose everything I do in my life. What is it you choose to do? Right? Like, I mean, with that old, that old question, right? That old journaling bit about, 
you know, if money wasn't the factor, how would you spend your time? Mine would look a lot like what I currently do. Yeah, I want to have impact on the community I'm around. I want to be physically fit and healthy so that while it used to be before, right? Like the big push for being physically fit and healthy was, was performance in one tiny fucking aspect of my life, throwing things further. But now I can put that same energy and effort into still into performance, but it's a performance of being a better human. It's me being able to focus my energy better. It's me being able to manage my health better. It's me being able to, to give myself as many options to say yes to opportunity as I can. Hmm. And so that's the purpose for why I stay fit. That's why, because I'm not dead yet. There's going to be other cool shit to do. You know, I want to be making those choices and I saw it. Like I saw that I'm falling into a path that, that I'm pretending is making the other, like I, because I want the other people around me impressed and giving permission and saying what a fucking great job I did. No, I don't fucking care. <laughs> if it's not for me, I don't want to do it. It is super fucking selfish. Good. It's necessary. Like, well, I mean, but <laughs> look, if it wasn't something that people resonated with and it wasn't something that fucking mattered, like, the idea that it's selfish and that we've attacked and we've like attached a negative connotation to that. That sure seems to fit a lot more people into jobs they fucking hate. Right. Mm -hmm. That seems to be a pretty good bit of propaganda to help people sit there and stomach fucking doing bullshit with their lives that they hate. Mm -hmm. Pretty fucking convenient. Yep. yep. I, I, I always say you either, have, you either have the money and not the time. Or you have the time and not the money. My grandparents used to tell me that all the time. They were married for 67 years. And when I would always ask, you know, what's the secret? Because everybody wants to know, what's the secret of life to everything? And they just said, do what makes you happy first. The rest falls into place. I'm like, hmm. No one really listens to that. No. No one. I'm 37 does. and I haven't listened to that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. it's well, time. Maybe it's time to start. <laughs> I, fuck, man. I still, it's still a battle. Like it's, it's. There's no there, right? Like that, that's a big part of the journey and big part of accepting the not dead yet, right? Like there isn't this moment that I'm going to hit that everything automatically found into place and now my feet get to go up on the fucking couch. It's not how it works, nor is that what I really want. I'm not looking for that. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for the new experiences that shift and change me, the new experiences that alter how I think and what I feel, especially if it can shift me away from, you know, the idea ideals that I don't agree with, you know, especially ones that are really hard to fucking unwire of needing that permission and needing that support. And why aren't I seen? And, but don't people know how fucking hard I'm working? <laughs> like that's for you. People want so, it, man. And I get it. I get it. It's fucking tough. So how does this, because so many people I'm sure might be working in the same mind space as me. And I got to ask, how does this mindset of yours work within your relationships, within, you know, romantic relationships or friendships? Because I'm a firm believer 
you can only push yourself also as much as your environment. Because I mean, if, you, if you're if you around lazy people, you're not going to go anywhere. But you also have to be with people that understand your motto and then want you to succeed. Even when you've like reached your peak of I've reached my level, I've reached my goal. Okay, now what's next? How does this kind of mindset and motto reflect in your relationships around you? Well, sorry, I had a little little glitch there. Oh, you're good. So I think I, I think I got the gist of everything you're saying. Um, you know, it's uh, it's complicated because of self awareness I have, and I don't feel obligation to really anything. It kind of means I allow everything in my life to be on the chopping block. Hmm. Um, which means yeah, I'm not obligated for us to have a relationship because we've known each other for ten years. I'm choosing this relationship because I believe it makes me a better person knowing you me being in service to you is valuable that I'm respected for the time that I give you. That's why I choose the relationship. Not because we're related, not because you gave birth to me, not because any of the other things I'm not fucking Mm -hmm. obligated. And there's a freedom that comes from that, right? Like you can either listen to that and be like, Oh fuck, what a prick. He doesn't talk to his mom. (laughs) Or what I've explained to my mom is I talk to you because I like Evelyn Vincent, not because you're my mother. I don't suffer you. I don't suffer anyone in my life. I have the people around that I want to be around. And what that should do is instill confidence in the person that I'm talking to, that this is where I want to fucking be, is talking to you right now. Because I don't operate out of obligation. I don't have to do shit. Mm -hmm. So everywhere I am is my choice. And there's a big freedom that comes from that total accountability. And a lot of people spend their whole day doing shit that they feel like they didn't choose to do. Bullshit. No one got their job issued to them. Everyone took their job. Everyone probably fucking applied for it at some point. Mm -hmm. Everyone. So... (laughs) Find another one. (laughs) It's not easy. But that's why that option exists that most people sit there and fucking just live in. So for me, the relationships I have, I value really deeply. And I want to be as good a friend as I can be. I show up for stuff. I answer the phone. I talk to my friends. I go and visit and see them doing things that, that brings them success and happiness. I like being in support. I like being of value, right? And if that value is simply just holding space, then fuck, I can do that. You know, I don't need to change or prove something to them. I'm not competing with them. I'm, I'm friends with a bunch of high powered lunatics (laughs) and I don't want it any other way. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, most of the time I'm surrounded by people that are such high powered weirdos that I just waiting for them to realize I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be. I'm, I'm yeah, and like one of them is going to be like, <laughs> you've been here for like 10 fucking years. What's how have you been here that long? I'm like, hey, you're right. <laughs> just waiting on you to notice. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and see myself to the door and be like, that was a fun run. Um, But it never has happened. So I can kind of stop with that lie and realize I am valuable. I am a good friend. I do provide love and community to my my people. You know, in my relationship, my personal relationship with Bonnie, because of this, you know, being selfish or whatever it is, right? Like, 
I'm not obligated. And the and both things go that way. And so the way I always describe it, and whether that's my friends or whether it's really anything in my life, I don't want anything else to get a vote in what I choose to do and what I choose to pursue. Bonnie, my wife, I value her opinion over most of the, over really anyone else's on earth, right? But at the end of the day, she doesn't get a vote. Mm-hmm. Now, she doesn't have to accept either. She, like, if I'm going on a weird fucking trip and doing all this, like, say, going to Uganda for 10 days, right? Like, I can imagine other people in couples, this would become a, like, you can't do that. It's dangerous. And blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. She doesn't get a vote, man. <laughs> <laughs> you also don't have to go with me. Mm-hmm. Not that we had any conflict over this, but this is just an example. Bonnie would have fucking happily gone. She'll go back with me next time we get a chance. Mm-hmm. But overall, say little things in our relationship like if Bonnie wants to change her fucking hair color or do something different or do any of this, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Is she happy? That's the only fucking thing I need to know. Did it hurt me in any way? It doesn't. I'm not even giving it a time for an opinion. You know, I'm there for when she needs support from me. She is living a parallel life to me doing her thing at the same pace and passion that I'm doing mine. I don't need her to live mine this way. She is not a fucking character in my universe. She has her own world. I don't get a vote there. I don't want a fucking vote there because I'm not giving anyone anyone to mine. Mm -hmm. And so... I listen very carefully on, uh, you know, and not listen, but pay attention a lot. And I try to be really good about with the awareness of. Is she venting or is she asking me an opinion? Because if we're venting, let's vent. I get it. Blow off steam. I am fucking down. I don't need to solve this problem for you. You got it. You've managed your fucking life for the last 34 years without my help. Mm -hmm. Fine. (laughs) Probably figure this one out. If they're asking my opinion, happy to help. But until then, I'm support. I don't want them fucking making choices I've got to make. I don't know all the fucking details. Mm -hmm. You know? But I believe in her being her best. In any way I can help facilitate that, I want to. And if she's her best and I'm my best, we'll probably be pretty fucking great together. But I ain't trying to take any of her shine. And nor do I want to take any from any of my friends. And nor do I want to give away any of mine. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in giving away my shine to watch you be brighter. Let's all be fucking as bright as we can possibly be. Because the only thing I'm really in control of is mine. The rest of it is some false sense of fucking control that's supposed to make me feel good. Eh. Not into it. I'll hard pass on that. <laughs> right. And yep. I mean, it, it's a different way to, to have a relationship. Look, I, I wasn't as successful in it in my twenties, right? Like I didn't know better. There's plenty of stuff. And at this point now, like there isn't any hard conversations I can't have. There isn't any feelings that I'm not interested in sharing or desires or wants. I mean, like, 
what's the point of holding that back from the person that I'm trying to share my life with because mm-hmm. of some insecurity that they won't continue to love me if I blah. Well, that part of blah is me. I'm not interested in hiding any of it. It's a fucking waste of my energy. Also, whatever those things are, right? Like if it's something you don't want to get rid of out of your life, then be cool with it. I think that in society and as humans, we have this fear that we're going to lose something. If we're ourselves and um, the epitome of this is me, either take it or leave it. So many people don't want to express that because it's, I'm going to lose something. Well, if you continue well, to, you're going to lose yourself. If you continue to just, you'll get a glimpse of this and this person gets a glimpse of this. I mean, I see it all the time. I mean, I see it in friends group and family of, well, I don't want to really speak to this person, but why not be yourself? Because at the end of the day, you're only hurting yourself. And if somebody's going to go, they're going to go. I mean, it's just the way of life. You can't hold on to something that's not supposed to stay. Well, that's, that's the whole fear thing in general, right? Like fear is this expectation that, I don't want things to change. So I'm trying to hold on to a certain thing and I want to control it and make it my way. And my fear is that it will leave. Mm-hmm. Well, all things change. Everything dies. It's going to. And so you can either be a bit more in flow with that and able to listen to it and have gratitude in the moment for how great a moment is instead of saying that I need to lock this away in some fucking glass menagerie and keep this moment the way it is in time. And and I don't want them to change because what does that say about me? Well, it means you're fucking human and you change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, people will be like, well, I can't do that because I used to for sure believe this. And I said a lot that, Fucking the color brown is stupid. Who fucking even knows what people argue about? (laughs) But, you know, a big chunk of this is being able to say I fucked up. Mm -hmm. That's a big chunk of awareness is like, I can't fix things that I don't know are wrong. Or even wrong, right? Because fuck. I try to really be careful with those things in vocabulary and like how I use it. I think being impeccable with your word is really important as someone who tries to communicate for a living. And so like even using terms like right and wrong, I struggle with because they're set on some line that was determined by lots of factors, mm-hmm. especially what your experiences are of right and wrong, especially in who are they attached to? Is it the invisible guy in the sky or mom and dad or fucking whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I don't, know that I believe right and wrong really exist. And I don't know that I think anything at this point has, I don't know that things have inherent value. So that means it's all our choice of what we decide is valuable. It's up to our choice to decide which makes us more optimum and better. And that may be defined as worse by someone else. Hmm. Fuck them. I was waiting for that. I'm like, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I, I want to know me. I appreciate you coming on and being vulnerable because I think we need a lot more personalities like yours in life of if you don't like me, that's okay. And if I'm not living my life for anyone else, I'm living it for myself. And Nor am I living it in spite of you. Right. Right? Like, right. I, like I don't have any malicious intent with the way I live my life toward anyone. <laughs> I, I, the big, the number one rule I live with is that I get to pursue whatever the fuck I want to with my existence. Mm -hmm. 
and it can't get in the way or ever be more important than someone else's pursuit of their thing. And lots of people want the rest of the world to conform for your thing to be right or the most important when if you quit needing other people to agree with it and just do it, it's the same. Mm -hmm. <laughs> quit giving a fuck about their validation <laughs> or trying to get permission to do the thing and take responsibility for all of the consequences that come from doing the thing you want to do. I like that. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you coming on today. I'll put all your information in the bio. Also, your brand, Not Dead Yet. Definitely go check it out. Order. Uh, like he said, you're responsible for yourself. You're responsible for your health. You're responsible for your mind. You're responsible for your actions. And nothing is a failure. It's just a lesson. And that's why we have to keep going. And like Matt said, you're not dead yet. So what do you have to lose? Just keep going. Have a goal. You don't have to write you know, novels in a journal every day and do the manifestation. If that's not for you, that's fine. If you can't meditate, you're like me. I can't shut my brain off. That's fine. Do no, what works not best supposed for to you. With meditation. You're not <laughs> supposed to with meditation. Like all you're supposed to do with meditation is let them come and go. Don't have judgment over them. Yeah. See, I'm kind of like that eat, pray, love movie where I'm sitting there like, how can I redecorate? What do I need to organize? It just doesn't work for me. I just, mm. just can't. Mm -mm. So for me, as my time of, look, I'm as fucking ADD and <laughs> that shit crazy as it gets. Um, so times like using tools like sauna or a cold tub or even really aggressive breath work because a, it's free and you can just do it anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, they'll become a point in any of those practices where I want to quit so bad that I have to just focus on breathing to continue doing it. And as long as I'm focused on just breathing, like counting in four seconds in, four seconds out, four seconds in, four seconds out, hold, whatever it is, right? Like it, because I become so present in the task of maintaining that breath, the other stuff will fall away. Mm -hmm. Because if I don't, the uncomfortable part shows back up. And for me, accessing that edge allows me to feel a little bit more of that reminder that when things are chaotic and I want to stop or do any of these things, I can just remember that I'm in control. You don't have to listen. Right. So when I'm in those meditative states, I can't just do sit still either. Mm -hmm. And so I quit trying to do that option. Hmm. And I switched to now if I'm going to sit still, then I'm going to hammer the breath. Because I can get that done in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Well, it's and definitely something I'll be trying. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate you coming on and talking with us. And hopefully if there's listeners that maybe if you were in the poll and you stuck with us this whole time, you're like, that's selfish. Well, now what do you think? Because I think cool. we all need to be selfish. And if you think we're selfish, it's great. It's fantastic. I appreciate it. Right on. You know, it is what it is. So uh, I'll put all your information in the bio. Check them out on Instagram. Make sure you order from the brand and follow along because I'm just amazed at your mind. I think that you're brilliant. Um, and I think you're kind of that person that's I got to get that sound clip. <laughs> that's fucking only time in my existence that's ever happened. So this is going great for me. I, I think you literally are just that one person that comes in of, of a, a room that's full of people of, this is the box. How are we going to decorate? And you just smash the shit out of it. You're like, 
fuck the box, I'm out. That's just how you have come across with, with social media, especially with this of you like me or you don't. And I think we need more personalities and, and definitely more of a genius brain. And I'll say it again that you have to share to the world. Cause I think, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna change a lot of people's lives, especially even on this podcast and listening. I think you, people just need that, that forceful mindset of just do it and get it done. And I think that's what you empower and embrace every day. So I appreciate you coming on and talking with me and sharing this globally. I'm sure we'll hit Africa and we're going to change so many other people. And uh, I can't wait to see what life looks like for you, especially happy early 40th birthday. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Many more decades to go. (laughs) Yeah. It's been great. Right. And like that whole, that piece that you're talking about, like that shift and that kind of forcible side to it. That's what I work with, with my mentorship group. Like that's what not dead yet. Life is all about is helping people find that and find a community of people that feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I just want to be surrounded by people who are as stoked about their life as I am mine. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of little bit of life. Don't forget to rate review and follow today's episode on your favorite listening platform and share these stories to more that need to be in the know. Get in on the action with the podcast Facebook and follow The Little Adventures on Instagram at LittleCuteOneAZ. I'll catch you on the next episode.